Soldiers, what's good? And welcome back to our third installment of our Black History Month collaboration with the Ambassador Podcast featuring Jared Cole. Weeks one and two have been amazing so far. And the conversations that I've had with Dr. Anthony Jones and with Jared Cole have been an amazing blessing to me personally. Just the vibe when brothers are able to get in a room together and chop it up has been life-giving and soul refreshing to say the least. These conversations and the conversations that Justine, Andres, and I have are the reason why I enjoy podcasting. And we hope you listeners have been blessed by these conversations too. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. So please enjoy the third installment of our collab with the Ambassador Podcast as we discuss Black contributions to society in our Black History Month series. Greetings and what's good, everybody. Welcome to the Christian Soldier Podcast, a social justice, faith-minded podcast featuring three friends from across the diaspora exploring life at the intersection of race, ethnicity, gender, culture, politics, and basically living while black. And for Andres Amador and Justina Kenyi, I'm Abdullah Muhammad, and we are just three POC living life, loving Jesus, and fighting the good fight in these rough and tumble podcast streets. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Ambassador Podcast. I am your host, Jericho, and I'm excited to be bringing y'all the third installment of a four-week special on Black History Month. Uh, I have two special guests. You guys know what it is, Abdullah Muhammad and Dr. Anthony Jones with me. Uh, We have been enjoying these last couple weeks, uh, and we are on our third week. Uh, We have four of these specials coming uh, for you. And as you guys know, this is a collaboration with the Christian Soldier Podcast. So those of you guys who are listening and uh, you know Abdullah, you know that he has a podcast called Christian Soldier. And these episodes will also be broadcasted uh, on that platform as well. If you've been following along with the podcast, then you know we normally have a rhythm of releasing episodes every other week on Mondays. But for this month of February, we will be releasing every week, not on Mondays, but on Wednesdays. So we wanted to make February special as we dive into some great topics and bring people along through four special episodes where we're discussing on the first week... The importance of Black History Month. The second week, how to celebrate Black History Month. The third week, Black Contribution. That is this week. And then next week, for the last week, it'll be local Black History, y'all. If y'all haven't had a chance to check out these past episodes, take some time uh, either today or sometime later this week to go ahead and check out those other two episodes. We have some fire content on there, and Abdul and Dr. Jones have truly, truly uh, blessed us. And so without further ado, man, we're going to jump right into this next episode, Black Contribution. So for Black History Month, man, like it's it's a couple things we can do is we can learn about black history through different types of media. We can read, we can watch shows, we can listen to some music, that sort of thing. Um, But then we can also reflect on the contributions of black people in our in our history, right? Like there's this famous quote that says, black history is American history. And you will hear us say that uh, on this podcast, right? But there are a few things that actually say black history is American history, like thinking through the things that black people have contributed to American societal advancement, right? Uh, there's this element of, you know, I heard this quote just this past week as well, just talking about, man, you know, Black History Month, it's good to reflect on some of the, you know, the the negatives and traumas and whatnot, right? But then also, 
hey, you know, joy <laughs> should also yeah. get some mm-hmm. some airtime, mm-hmm. you know, and and and, and, and it kind of hit me in a in a particular way because I'm thinking, you know, it's it's not so much that talking about these things. Um, where we can get to the overcome narrative, it's not so much talking about not joy, <laughs> you know, uh, looking at the at the downfalls and the negative thing that kind of hit us, right? To get to the overcome narrative, like like there's joy in the in the overcoming story, you know, and so like that's that's kind of what we want to aim at doing here, and so what we see throughout history, time and time again, that in spite of being a minority, in spite of being black, in spite of being held back and lacking opportunity. There has been a reality of black people defying all inferior and other negative stereotypes, right? To kind of uh, come into this realm of, 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 of prosperity and achievement. And so as we think about the contribution of black people, I want to toss this question to both of y'all, Abdul and Dr. Jones, take your time with this. Um, basic question, what is the importance to know the contributions or why is it important to know the contributions of black people in America? So uh, for me, uh, knowing black uh, contribution uh, to uh, the history of uh, America is, is vision setting. Mm. And so uh, when you know uh, people who look like you, yeah. and who, who originated from uh, the same land uh, as you and your forefathers, mm. uh, you have a vision of what you can accomplish. And so for me, each time I get the opportunity to learn about somebody who looks like me, who uh, descendants of uh, slave people from Africa, um, and, and especially in my field, so mm-hmm. in my craft or the things that I'm passionate about, and I can see that somebody that looked like me uh, contributed like some major things yes, uh, in yeah. the United States. And so uh, it, it fires me up uh, when I when I get to see that and yeah. I get to see someone um, and, and understand the struggles that they went through mm-hmm. and then understand the context of the times. That's right. So uh, one, once I begin to understand the context of the time, for me, it, it, it kind of toughens me up. It, you know, it causes me to grab myself by my own collar and, and hoodie. <laughs> like, and bro, say, let's go. Like, man, man, you about to you 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 talk about about If they, they could do it, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's about uh, yeah. vision setting. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah I, I think that vision setting, right, the power of representation, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. like... Like we we underestimate that in our day, I think today, yep. you know. But um, that representation, seeing those that went before you, seeing the power, right, and like mm-hmm. the achievement they had mm-hmm. in spite of yep. everything else, man, that's super super powerful. Yep. Yep. Abdul, yeah. yeah, no, I and representation is the exact word I was going to use because that's it's um, of course you have people who innov- who innovate from from out of the blue. Right, like there was there was a thing that didn't exist, and then poof, somebody made it so. Right, mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. that, but then but then, so much innovation comes from somebody else sparking the idea of a thing. Right, and so for us, I mean, it, it's it's good to see. It's good to see just the the possibility of of really like the mental process is. Oh wait, they can do that. Well, then I can do this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and then and so it gives us to some extent, it gives us permission, yep. you know, and I mean, we can think of how that looks in every single area. But 
representation for every every kind of people representation mm-hmm. and being able to see someone start something continue something achieve something is part of what moves society forward so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. and for us to see being part of American society mm-hmm. for us to see ourselves contributing in those ways I think also disrupts the narrative that we have no value to American society that's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. that's good mm-hmm. Uh, I want to throw in a, a, a devil's advocate question really quick. This ain't part of the script. I can't help it. Uh, so are y'all saying like even today, years removed from the civil rights movement, you know, years removed from uh, school integration, right? All this kind of stuff. Like, are we still wrestling with and wrestling through this idea of of dignity (laughs) and humanity uh being bestowed on the black population in america like is 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 that a real thing uh and how do y'all how do y'all answer that how do you deal with that the answer is yes (laughs) (laughs) elaborate elaborate on that next question (laughs) so um i would say there's two pieces embedded in that. So one is what I'm going to call the Jackie Robinson problem. Mm. We shouldn't be in 2022 mm-hmm. having Jackie Robinsons, mm-hmm. ha- having mm-hmm. any com- any conversation about the first yep. of anything. Mm-hmm. It just shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And because we keep having conversations about firsts, then there's there's a need to celebrate mm-hmm. the contributions. Mm-hmm. Like the, and, that, and that's so that's part of why why we have to continue to do it because because there's still things that we are either a actively shut out of or b in a in in a spot where um Maybe other groups had a had much a much more of a longer runway, a much more of a bigger head start, and so we're just kind of getting to a place, hmm. you know. Um, and then see, even regardless of the head start, if you start, there's a great illustration of this cartoon of two people, like you know, one's white and one's black, starting off in a foot race, and mm-hmm. you know, the, you probably, you've probably seen it. The, mm-hmm. the 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 white guy has a completely clear path. And the black woman has all of these obstructions in the path, mm-hmm. right? So even if you're starting from the exact same time and place, one group may have more obstructions or less obstructions than the other. So to some extent, the celebration is greater when you've overcome those obstacles. Now, what happens, though, is that people see, well, wait a minute, y'all started from the same place. So, you know, what you need all celebration for? You know, and completely ignoring all the obstacles or, and then saying, well, wait, look, that person overcame. So why can't you, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. so there, there's so much wrapped up into that. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And, and I'll add to that, you know, when I think about representation, representation is pretty slick. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty slick concept <clears throat> uh, because everyone can use it to their advantage or disadvantage to prove a point. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. even if you're the first one, right, it's this overwhelming pressure mm-hmm. to not fail. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a black person, you don't get the opportunity as a first person to be mediocre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. You can't be, you know, status, if you failed, yeah, your whole then, group failed. Which is representation. That's yeah. right. And so right. uh, the narrative becomes, well, you know, we let that black person be in this position 
So now you've had the opportunity, mm-hmm. right? So now it's like, well, that's the representation out the door, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so it, it becomes like now when you say, hey, you know, Sal, why, why you don't have any black brothers on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing earlier. You said that. <laughs> so, close generation, we right? right? right. generation. <laughs> but it's like once that person fails, yeah. then now when you bring that conversation up again and they say, well, you know, we had someone and you see what happened. So mm-hmm. you had your opportunity. Yeah. We don't get the opportunity to just be normal and right. regular like everybody else. Right. And so that's the that's the slick part about representation. But but and then on the other side, you know, you know, when you think about representation, you get to represent a narrative that mm-hmm. you've been taught in past history. Mm-hmm. Right. So we I mean all of us have been there. And I don't care what it is. You know, you turn the mm-hmm. TV on and, and bowling is on. Mm-hmm. You and you like oh, Oh, it's a brother? It's a, it's right. a brother? Wait, what? It's a bro- what? Like, you don't yeah. even care. Like, like, like. He could right. suck. Yeah, yo, he, he, yo, he, he could suck. He could actually be Cuban. Yo, look at about this dark, dark Cuban. No. <laughs> what about golf, right? Like, yeah, golf, like, like yeah. you got, you got, yeah, Tiger Woods that came and stole the golf scene by storm. But now yeah. post Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. It's like back. It's, yep. it's, it's like, oh, is there uh-huh. a brother playing golf? Like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. you know yeah. it's, yep. it's, it's so bizarre. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like how like even even when there's, you know, it's uh, we, 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 we don't think it to be true, yep. you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't think it to last, mm-hmm. you know? So even when mm-hmm. it does happen and there's a profound impact, yep. at the end of that impact, mm-hmm. right. right, we're like, we're still taken aback when they're, there comes another type of representation. Yeah, yeah that's good. You know? Yeah. Like, I think that's why it's so important to, yeah. to continue to do it, right? Because even after, like, like you said, um, hey, we already did it. We once had it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had your uh, chance. Right? And, and, and mm-hmm. so, like, the, the idea's got to become, uh, yeah. you know, we don't want it to be this, you know, it gets, gets back to what we were talking about in the first episodes, uh, Abdul, like this, this kind of performative type deal, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we want this to be something that's last and that becomes who mm-hmm. we are at the core, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then that's how we do it. Yeah. Uh, practically embodying Black History Month, not just one month of the year, you know, right. but the rest of the 11. So. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. hey, before we move on, can I yeah. clarify something in, in, in the illustration that I just said, that I just gave? Mm-hmm. So what I want to clarify is, so when I talk about the two starting lines and having the white guy having no no obstructions and the black woman having obstructions, what I mean in that illustration is, and, and I wanted to clarify this for our listeners, is that the obstructions that, that are in the way of the black woman are because of her gender and because of her race, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not suggesting that, you know, that any, any like anybody who's, you know, so-called white person who comes to be successful in any area, that they didn't get there without mm-hmm. obstructions. Mm-hmm. That's not at all mm-hmm. what I'm suggesting. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that mm-hmm. the obstructions were not because of their, their, their race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, so we're gonna let's let's move the episode forward. Okay, so the 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 aim of today's episode I want to do is literally what the title is: talk about some of the black contribution that's happened here uh, in America. And so, like as we think about the different things that have been created in America, a lot of people don't know, <laughs> you know yeah. that a lot of these things, especially in terms of inventions, right? Like like weren't first invented by the person they think <laughs> like, in, 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 invented yep. them. You know, um, 
you know, and, and, and there's so many things early on that, that black people contributed to uh, that you wouldn't normally think would have been possible back back in that day. Right. So even in the time when there was a ton of suppression, a ton of opposition, there were people rising uh, uh, to the task and getting things things done. Right. Living in places where they shouldn't have been living at doing things like being astronauts. Right. When like, yo, uh, uh, black people weren't really being astronauts and you probably shouldn't have been one uh, uh, at all. Right. Like uh, George Washington Carver. We know that name. Right. He's one of our own came to. Iowa State University. Mm-hmm. We know him as the peanut dude, right? But he was even more. <laughs> he was even. He was even more than that. Yeah. Uh, Shirley Chisholm. Mm-hmm. Come on now, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the first serious black presidential candidate. Like, mm-hmm. did y'all did y'all know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. A black a black woman. You know, has that has that title. Uh, and there's there's so many others, right? Uh, Joe Lewis, who we know as a boxer. Uh, he was actually coined with like in, ending segregation in the army, <laughs> you know, in 1942, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was, he was enlisted into the special services division uh, as the first black man to do so. And he mm-hmm. held that position for, you know, three years yep. um, and single handedly began to integrate uh, the American army yeah. uh, in 1945. While we were fighting a world, a world war, hmm. For freedom from Nazism and mm-hmm. fascism. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The let's, irony. Let's keep that in context. Yep. Sorry, keep yep. going. Mm-hmm. The irony. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we can, yeah, we can go on and on, you know, with, with all these different kind of contributions. So I, I think to make our time best utilized, what we should do is, is, is come at it from some categories. Okay, so we've thought about some categories. And the first category I want to hit is sports. Right. Surprise, surprise. Let's huh? talk about sports. Your boy, <laughs> you know, got a hooper in the house, got a hooper in the house mm-hmm. grew up playing ball, Iowa, all of that, okay? So when we think about sports, you turn on your TV right now, any given time, you look at any of the most popular sports, basketball, football, baseball, you're going to see a ton of athletes of color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, this was once not so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not only was it once not so, but it was not so long ago. <laughs> not yeah. so. It's you know, crazy. I believe the first the first black person that came into the NBA wasn't until like 1945, the mid 1940s, and it wasn't yeah. common until the 1960s, yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, and once the 1960s hit, like by storm, more and more came, uh, and the game was was transformed and made and made better mm-hmm. uh, by it. And that this isn't only the case for basketball, but it's the case for so many of the other sports, right? You got Jackie Robinson that came and integrated a uh, baseball. You've got Jesse Owens. I know you can talk about Jesse Owens oh, a little bit, right? And, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, five-time world record holder in track, right? Mm-hmm. The 1936 Olympics mm-hmm. uh, out there in Berlin, coming into fascist Germany, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and winning four gold medals at that. And you got that famous picture. Making him look who, foolish. Who Jesse Owens is, right? He's the cat that's on the Podium, <laughs> throwing up the throwing up the fist. <laughs> no, that wasn't him. That was that was uh, uh Carlos. That was, John, yeah, Carlos Tommy. Oh, that was Carlos. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, Jesse Owens. Yeah, he just love ran. The correction. Love, love the Jesse correction. Owens. He just ran. Love the correction. Just looked like looked like, like uh, he really PO'd the Führer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. Because yep. because the master race got shut down mm-hmm. at the Munich Olympics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then you got, you know, Fritz Pollard and Bobby Marshall, who are the first black football players in the NFL. You got the 
Serena Williams. <laughs> you know, oh, that's she like that. tennis world by storm. Mm. Arthur Ashe, right? The first black male tennis player, mm. right? To win three Grand Slam titles. Uh, and one of our own, uh, in, in our generation, Gabby Douglas, young Miss Gabby Douglas, the first black gymnast to win the individual all around <laughs> championship. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and when you're talking about firsts, yep. Right, Gabby Douglas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, mm-hmm. you know uh, the reason why we're talking about black contributions because there's still so many firsts. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. yeah. And 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 not only are the firsts the firsts, the firsts are like massive contributors. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like Jesse Owens contributed massively. Yeah. 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 You know, Jackie Robinson. Ended up contributing massively and had a great career, hmm. but he was he was the first for political reasons. Right, hmm. he was not the best athlete in the Negro leagues. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of folks, a lot right. of folks thought it should have been Roy Campanella, should have been Satchel Paige, mm-hmm. should have been Josh Gibson. Josh Gibson, yep. Yep. Josh Gibson for the longest um, held a, a record better than Babe Ruth. Yep. Sure, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, but they wouldn't let him in because he was an alcoholic and just. A hothead and whatnot. Sure. So Jackie Robinson was picked as the yep. the best political choice because he was the most mm-hmm. apple pie. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was a good You're ball player, but he was Come also on. he also served in World War Two. Yep. <laughs> you Come know. On. So mm-hmm. so when we contribute, mm-hmm. we don't just say, "Hey, this is the first. We bring mm-hmm. massive value to the table. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's really good. Yeah. It's. I think it's. It's a shame throughout history, like. These things have to be so measured and moderated. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when when moderated. there's a when there's a time mm-hmm. to, you know, right the wrong, mm-hmm. there's always a pursuit to right the wrong in a way that's politically correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, like even even the with the Montgomery bus boycott, you know, like <laughs> yep. Rosa mm-hmm. Parks was yep. was mm-hmm. strategically chosen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Know, you. Yes. As Fair skinned, right? Kind of, you know, this this, this kind of personality, mm-hmm, right? right? So when the thing was going to happen, she was strategically chosen so that this thing may not go as bad as, right? <laughs> right? right. It, it could have gone. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. yes. like it's, it's it's such a shame that when it's time to do the thing, we even do it in a way where it's like, yeah, um, it's even more potentially demeaning, you know, yeah. than, it, than, mm-hmm. it, than it really is helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I'm, I'm glad you brought Rosa Parks because that's a, so much of the narrative is the civil rights movement happened by accident because there was this black woman who, who had tired feet one day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she went and sat down, you know, in the front of the bus because yep. she couldn't make it to the back of the bus because her feet hurt. Yep. No, like you said, it was, it was a carefully orchestrated, it was the, you know, the, the Montgomery chapter of the NAACP. Yep. And she was a secretary of that chapter. Yep. Right. You know, so her and Fred Shuttlesworth and E.D. Nixon and Ralph, mm-hmm. Ralph uh, Abernathy, like they, it was a coordinated thing. Yep. And so, yeah, so that, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you made that, court, that, mm-hmm. that correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about some 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 current world things happening in, in the sports world. Let's Dr. Jones. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't know if the Miami Dolphins is your team. <laughs> <laughs> especially not now. Okay. Especially, especially not now. Oh, man. Brian Flores. Yeah. Yeah. Fired from the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it little wave through the through the sports world. Um, 
I want you to talk a little bit about this. Yep. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the NFL in particular is, is one of the, the major league sports mm-hmm. that, like, there's people still now being super vocal yep. about some of the, mm-hmm. you know, political and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of, you know, things against uh, players of color, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, this, this firing of the coach, yep. what, is, what does this mean for the league? What does yep. this mean for, you know— Everybody out there, us for sure, right? Who mm-hmm. are who are NFL fans? Yeah, I mean, the funny part about it uh, is this: is that you know the NFL still has the Colin Kaepernick residue still mm-hmm. lingering on it, right? Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. and so they're still trying to shake uh, Colin Kaepernick off of him, right? And so uh, it was already leading up. And the crazy you talk about timing because it's leading up to the Super Bowl, and there's this highlight. And I know we're going to talk about music in a little bit, but Jay Z comes on the scene, mm-hmm. and so. He's already trying to reestablish the NFL as this uh, association or organization that is uh, accepting of black people, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they have this they have this big, you know, halftime show coming up, and then the news come out about uh, Brian Flores, who who had a winning record hmm. uh, at Miami Dolphins, and he was fired. Hmm, yeah. And so hmm. um, and, and when he was fired, you know, of course you go through the routine of applying for different jobs across the league. And so um, the NFL is already aware of the lack of NFL uh, black coaches. And so there's the Rooney Rule, uh, which has already been established, the owner of Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. And so the Rooney Rule is basically, you know, if an organization is looking to hire a head coach, they at least have to uh, interview a black person. At least one. one at least one. one. One, yeah. Has to be in the pool and you have to at least interview. Mm-hmm. So this whole part is in, in, just crazy. So uh, Brian comes out, he's interviewed for a couple of teams, he didn't get hired, so he comes out with this story about uh, <laughs> that, you know, when he was in Miami, uh, that uh, they were offering him $100,000 uh, to lose games so that they can go wow. up and ranking what? so they can mm-hmm. so they can um so they can draft you know a first first pick mm-hmm. and so um he shares this story of how he refuses because it's not in his DNA mm-hmm. to lose it's kind of like what we talked about mm-hmm. you're a black coach you're a black leader you're a black mm-hmm. person you got to be 10 fail. times but you can't you can't be normal yeah. right yeah. you can't fail lose lose situation yeah. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> so anyway um he he comes out now and this story is really hot right now um in the sports world uh, but not on top of that so he interviews with another organization, other NFL organization, and uh, one of the like grand poobas of coaches, um, Belichick, huh. he's texting the new coach for the Giants, whose first name is also Brian, mm. but he thought he was interv- he thought he was texting oh, uh, wow. the new coach who's also Brian, but he was texting Brian Flores, uh-huh. and in the text he's sharing with Brian that hey, I thank you, the guy. I think, you know, I think you're the number one pick, so don't worry. Everything is together. So he didn't know he was texting Brian uh, Flores. So Brian is preparing for the second interview. (laughs) 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 So holy mistake on the internet, man. Yeah, so you know how we are. You know, we've all made the mistake on, you know, texting. You kind of like, oh, man, that was for a wrong person. Right, my bad. Ignore that, right? No, we're not going to ignore that. But anyway, you know, how the narrative goes, you know, the organizations are denying, denying, denying. You know, they're coming out with the statements. But uh, there's another coach, Hugh Jackson, who used to coach Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, and I think they was like one in 1,000, right? <laughs> and he said, yeah, this, it is a real thing. He was like, they offered the same thing to me. 
Uh, and the offer was, you know, you, you get $100,000 to have a losing record. And, the, the, you know, the rumors that, he, the, you know, the organization wanted to recruit a number one quarterback, which now they did. Uh-huh. You know, two, three years ago, they uh, recruited um, old boy out of um, uh, Oklahoma. And so anyway, he comes out and says, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. They was like dropping hundred thousand dollars in my account. Wow! So uh, was, was, was it a hundred grand at the end of the season or hundred grand per, per losing game? Per losing game. Wow! Yeah. So anyway, wow. uh, That's the narrative out right now uh, in the sports world, and there's only one black coach that's still in the league, and that's Mike Tomlin, mm-hmm. who play who coaches for Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. whose owner created the uh, Rooney Rule. Rooney Rule. <laughs> wow! Yep. Wow. So that's the narrative that's out there. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Mike Tomlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember when he first became the head coach yeah. of the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? I was I was I was young, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But like he was he was I don't know if he was the only one at the time, right? But I remember like just just his persona, yeah. right? His like you know what I'm saying? His, the way he operated up and down that sideline, all that kind of stuff, like in terms of representation, like yep. that meant a ton mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. right? Not seeing many people holding that position that looked like me, right, yeah. right was huge. Like I remember that, right? And mm-hmm. I, was, I was born in 88, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. I'm coming up to the 90s, early yep. 2000s, mm-hmm. right? I'm watching football. I'm like, yo, I don't see many coaches. I don't see many, you know, people in these in these administrative positions uh, mm-hmm. uh that are looking like me, right? And I remember mm-hmm. the uh the, the the conversation of uh quarterbacks. Yep. You know, who who can be a quarterback and who can't, right? Or who are we looking for to be a quarterback and who mm-hmm. can't? Which from an objective point of view can look like you're looking for the right candidate to be a quarterback. Right. But to say that there's no right candidates that can be a quarterback mm-hmm. who have the skin color of the yeah, three right. men in yep. this room right now, right. Mm-hmm. you know, is absurd. Yeah. You know? And so whenever you saw like the Donovan McNabb and the mm-hmm. Steve McNair, mm-hmm. right? And the Dante mm-hmm. Culpepper, yep. right? Like yep. kind of come on, come on the stage and they're doing things they're doing, paving the way for Mike Vick, right? Mm-hmm. Paving the way for mm-hmm. uh, uh, everybody else that we have now. You yep. know, now you're seeing these guys in college, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the college teams right now. You know, like it's 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 changed the game. Yeah. And it's been so good to see. And you're seeing these guys make that jump and that transition to the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you but you can't you can't look at this, right? The progress is is, is great. But then we also have Brian Flores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so like I wanna ask the question, maybe you can tackle this Abdul. What what is it? What is the what is the narrative being bought? What is the stereotype being bought into? That doesn't make room, or that kind of does so super cautiously, <laughs> you know, that allows this this idea of you know the proverbial black quarterback or the proverbial mm-hmm. uh, black coach or or front office person. Like, what what is it? the The narrative is that black people are less intelligent. And are and aren't leaders. Mm-hmm. That's the narrative, mm-hmm. because the quarterback's the leader of the team, and the narrative. And and I wish I can remember some of the news stories that, that I've seen over the years. But the narrative basically is that it wasn't that that um, the black athletes didn't have the athletic prowess to be quarterback. It was that, that they didn't have the leadership acumen or the leadership potential to lead the team. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't get picked. And then when you look at, you know, the Donovan McNabs and Dante Culpeppers, they also don't fit the physical mold mm-hmm. of the, the, the prototypical quarterback. They're bigger dudes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but 
but it wasn't their athleticism. It, it was it was that it was the trope of black people as mentally inferior mm, yeah. that lock folks out of the coaching positions and mm-hmm. the quarterback positions mm-hmm. and the front office positions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. We, we can talk about sports forever, fellas. Yes, sir. <laughs> but we're going to we're going to move on. OK, uh, the, the next category we got is is music. Let's talk about music. We have a musician in the in the room, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but I want to hear what are the contributions that African Americans have made in music, Abdul. So, because I want to hit a lot of the other categories, because I could y'all, y'all I can go music all day, and hey, we only got a couple left, so you good, I know, bro. I can go all day. Let me just start by saying this: Black people are the originators mm. of. Almost every single genre of American mm-hmm. popular music. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't invent classical music. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. So, but. That we know of. That we know of. But low right? key, we still big fans of Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Don't tell me there was some, some, some African Victorian somewhere right. doing yeah. classical music back in the day. No, you got to look up some info on Beethoven. No, right. I, I don't know if you heard that. Like, okay. I, I, I have go, ahead and, go, ahead and go, okay. go ahead and Google my man. So, okay. So, let's say jazz. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jazz originated as an African art form, right? Um, uh, what, Buddy, uh, Joseph Buddy Bolden. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and his Dixieland jazz band. The, the name jazz actually gets his name from his band, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, blues, W.C. Handy, you know, so much of the DNA of American music comes from blues, jazz and gospel, which is informed mm-hmm. by um African celebration music and sorrow music mm. that people heard coming over on the slave ships or people heard, you know, in, in the fields on the plantation or people heard uh, the music from the sharecroppers, which mm. was like one step removed from mm. the slave mm. stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. in blues, you had W.C. Handy. Right. And then you have gospel. You have rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. People hear rock and roll. They think the Beatles and Elvis Presley and Led Zeppelin. Right. Let's keep it funky. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm. Little Richard mm. and 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 Chuck Berry, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. The originators mm-hmm. of rock and roll, mm-hmm. right? And even while they were alive, they're like, "Wait a minute, hold up! You know, <laughs> why y'all ain't giving us our props? Right. How did so and so, Little Richard, was notorious for going on the rants? Right. How did so and so end up in the Hall of Fame? And I'm sitting over here looking like, you know, looking like what? Yep, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the originators of of, of, of those forms, um, um, country music. Yes. Yep. Uh-oh. Country music. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for trying to say I got to put country music on my car now. <laughs> listen, listen. Not only did we have like artists like Charlie Pride and so forth, but Charlie Pride. But the the the, the person who's kind of called sometimes the father of the father of country music is a guy named Jimmy Rogers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jimmy Rogers was known for combining blues and jazz and gospel and cowboy music and folk styles in his songs. Mm-hmm. That's the DNA of country music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you hear a lot of country music, what you hear is a blues progression. Yeah. Like you know, and so or even like the rock tinged blues stuff. It's it's. It comes from that blues progressions, yeah. right? Um, so, so that stuff can be traced back to 17th century slave ships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so even even blues and hip hop. Come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> come mm-hmm. on, yes sir. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I mean, you got 
and hip hop is is so um, jazz and hip hop specifically mm-hmm. created by people in the African diaspora. Right. So you had Africa Bambata, you had mm-hmm. Cool Herc, you had, you know, they were mm-hmm. like a, a Bahamian and Jamaican and, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. even and even some of the earlier the early founders of hip hop were, were Latino folks, mm-hmm. yep. you know, so that art form is a black and brown art form mm-hmm. inherently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. It has come now, you know, like Puerto Rican guys, like like a uh, uh, Vico C, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it is inherently um, all of American popular music are things that came from life on the streets, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, and even even folk, right? Folk talks about you know the um, kind of existence of of different things close to nature and close to you know whatever, and we mm-hmm. didn't invent that, but mm-hmm. a lot of our music comes from. Life on the street, yep. life in hard times, mm-hmm. life in struggle, life mm-hmm. in, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we had to have some hope to sing about. Right, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, so yeah, I mean, again, I can go on and on and on about yes, music, sir. but yes, here's sir. the thing. Like I said, pretty much every major art form mm-hmm. in the United States has its roots, mm-hmm. has its roots in the pain of the slave experience. There we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's good. Yeah, I, I think one of the... One of the main heartbreaks in terms of music, right, from the black experience and black contribution is that so many of the songs that became popular that we know and sing, right, mm-hmm. even, even, you know, like, so, ain't nothing but a hound dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> okay. By the one and only famous black woman. <laughs> what, wait? What? <laughs> You know, but but the credit goes to Elvis Presley, My but goodness. it should be going to Big Mama Thornton. Let's go. Mm-mm. Right. Let's go. Mm-mm. And that's just one. <laughs> yeah. Of many. Yeah. You know, so it's so it's not only the contribution of the black people throughout history and music, but mm-hmm. there's also been this like suppression and theft right. of black mm-hmm. contribution right. throughout right. history. Right. right. It's this knowledge and understanding and knowing, hey, yeah, this is going on here and it's and it's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everybody don't got to know that. Right. Yeah, if we take it and mm-hmm. we put our own spin on it mm-hmm. and we release it to the mm-hmm. radio stations when y'all don't got access to the radio stations. Right. 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 We can we can get the goods. Mm-hmm. We can get the contribution. Mm-hmm. We can get the flow. We can mm-hmm. get the swag mm-hmm. and monetize it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, uh, while while the black people who are originating it uh, don't see language and mm-hmm. poverty. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so 50s and 60s music, like a, a, a lot of the doo-wop groups yeah. back of that era, right? Frankie Lyman Teenagers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a lot of the black doo-wop groups, like before like Motown and some of that, a lot of the black doo-wop groups that had some, some success in the, in the, in the, like the Chitlin circuit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Got their stuff stolen and it went pop and dudes like Perry Como and whatever was making bread off of it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and yeah, so so and what's interesting is so the reason why the your question in the first episode, Jared, was about why I celebrate Black History Month, right? Right, and the reason why we celebrate Black History Month is because of this idea of contribution, because the American experience mm-hmm. for 
every ethnic group in the country, the American experience is from a vantage point of white as normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. They used to call, until the 60s, -hmm. they used to call our music on the radio, they called it race music. Wow. (laughs) Until the 60s. (laughs) Race music. Race music. Mm -hmm. Think of the implication of that, right? There's normal music, Mm -hmm. air quotes, Mm -hmm. and then there is this stuff called race music, wow. you know? And so when they were integrating the, 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 the airwaves with these artists, they were, they, they were calling them, this is the newest race record out of Chicago from like Chess Records right. or, you know, whatever, or Otis Redding or whatever. It was mm-hmm. called race music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I can, again. Yeah, you can, yeah, let, yeah, let, yeah, let, yeah. Let, I'm going to this point really quick too, and then we can move <laughs> on because yeah. we got to get back to Joseph every time. Mm. But like, like that, that concept even seeps into the church. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. When you think of the term worship music. Yep. Go ahead. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna let that sit. All right. And then when you think of the term gospel music, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. what do you think? <laughs> you, know? you better appreciate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's this there's there's this thing that we do. We don't even gotta call it race music, but it's but it's like it becomes ingrained, right? Yes, it it's, does. It's this idea that okay. Worship music is kind of what one group does, and the gospel music mm-hmm. is something the other group does. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and it it seems harmless, yep. right, to kind of have these terms do the thing, mm-hmm. but it's doing something to us psychologically, yep. cognitively, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That doesn't stay psychological right. mm-hmm. and cognitive, mm-hmm. right. but then it it has effects. It mm-hmm. plays out in, mm-hmm. in 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 how we speak to one another. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. where we go, what we do, what we think about others, yep. right? Yep. And so, like these these things that we have in our in our minds, in terms, of, okay, what do I think about that? We have to be careful right. <laughs> about those yep. sorts of things, right? Yeah. And, and I think as we look at Black History Month, celebrate contribution, like we can begin to do some of that introspective work right. too, mm-hmm. man, to figure out, okay. How can we move forward in a way where uh, these things aren't being made bare in my own life and in the right, lives around right. around me? Yeah, so. that stuff is sinister and demonic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Sorry, go ahead, bro. No, 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 no. Okay, next <laughs> category. Uh, when we think about these these categories, we don't mm. we don't necessarily tend to think of uh, a black contribution, Doctor Jones. But you, as an educator yourself, right? Um, the categories of education and medical, we're going to combine these two. Yeah. You know, help us out. How, how do we, how do we see black contribution in these areas? Right. And so the, the first person that, that comes to mind when I think about, you know, even with medical and education and mm-hmm. black contribution, it's hard to go past medical without thinking about, uh, hearing out of lax. Uh, and what's crazy about Henrietta Lacks, when you talk about theft, <laughs> stealing <laughs> contribution of black people, mm-hmm. and it's still contributing mm. today mm. to everyone, it's, it's crazy to think about. And so those of you who don't know the story about Henrietta Lacks, uh, it, it was a young um, black woman who uh, was, was diagnosed with cervical uh, cancer. And so uh, she went to the doctor. Uh, the doctor uh, did a uh, biopsy on her and, and to pull, you know, draw out some cells. Yeah. Uh, noticed something that was unique happening within her cells. And mm-hmm. so uh, this doctor sent it to, um, I think it was um, 
uh, one of the doctors who actually did research around sales. And so the process is, is that you take a sale and then you'll send it off to a researcher and uh, they look at the sales and try to figure out how, what can we do to heal whatever the, the illness uh, is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, this researcher was looking at uh, Henrietta's sales mm-hmm. and noticing and noticed that it was like it wasn't dying. So mm-hmm. usually the sale would die in process. And so by the time it would get to the researcher, uh, the sale would die. And so they yeah. couldn't use like, you know, we can, we're going to put like another disease on it and see how this sale responds to it. Sure. Or we're going to put a vaccine on top of it and see how it responds. The thing that was unique about Henrietta Lacks' sale is that uh, it like they, they found out that uh, the sales uh, would not die. The sales doubled every 20 to 24 hours. Wow. Wow. And so she was an X Man, So what is, what is crazy about it? You know, they did not tell yeah tell her nor the family that what was happening with her sales, and wow. so they could have literally saved her life. But because of you know um, health uh, equity, sure, um, mm-hmm. health disparities, we know when we look at the That's statistic right. of black Come people on, uh, in our health and our relationship or lack thereof in the medical field, we know that we're more likely to die That's right. uh, than mm. other other race and ethnicities. And so mm. what was unique is that they took her sale and I mean, they did give her some acknowledgement. They actually named the sale after her. It's called the Gila sale. They used the, the first two initials of her name uh, and they called it the Gila sales, but they used it uh, to study the effects of toxins, drugs, hormones, and viruses on other cancer cells. Mm. <laughs> and because of her cell, um, they used it uh, to develop a vaccine for polio and even a COVID-19 today. What? Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Wow. No I did not know that part. Yeah. So her cell oh is God. still being reproduced today. Uh, so every disease that has happened across since 1951, her cell has been involved in helping to create a vaccine against it. Oh, my goodness. Sweet Jesus. Henrietta Lacks. Look it up, y'all. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy to just to think about when you talk about black contribution. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to pass Henrietta Lacks in terms of her contribution yeah. uh, as a black person wow. in the world today. I don't know if you can see him, but that, that gave me, that's where it gave Yo, me goosebumps. Yeah. For real. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. That, is, yeah. that is incredible. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's amazing. Her story is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, check Over her out. Over 70 years the, yeah, of... Immortal life of Henrietta Lacks. Oh my, my gosh. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right on. So let's, let's talk a little bit about theology. <laughs> it will oh, end it on this note. We're going to end it here. Oh, do, do you right. you want to go first, Abdul? <laughs> clearly, clearly, you got some stuff to say, bro. You oh, wanna, I, you, I was got something to say. Back. He's leaving. I'm like, let me get ready. You can go first, but I was I was thinking that man, we didn't even have time to go over like like civil rights and that kind of stuff and that stuff. But now you can go first. I'm going to go on a limb to say like that stuff's a given, and and they're going to do. I'm going to trust my audience. You hear this audience that you're going to do that background work on your on your own. I'm not dissing your audience, but man, listen, listen, yeah. No, so you have to be led through it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. the Ambassador Podcast, and the Ambassadors Organization, was was birthed out of um, man being biblically grounded, being biblically based, and so theology is a huge uh, a part of 
of, of me. It's a huge part of the organization. It's a huge, huge part of uh, why and how we address these topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and in light of that, like the, the way I want to come at this, Abdul and Dr. Jones, uh, from my part in particular, is not necessarily identifying like um, different characters Right, because we can we can do a quick Google search and say, okay, who are some of the black theologians? Right. Uh, on mm-hmm. season one, we have a episode called Black Theologians. Y'all can go back and listen to mm-hmm. that as well. Like, mm-hmm. where are all the black theologians? Uh, was the title <laughs> of the episode nice. <laughs> uh, that that kind of talks about man? You know, uh, not necessarily there hasn't been any black theologians, but that we don't give voice (laughs) right in time and energy and effort to the black theologians who have come and the ones that we do know of and speak about are ones that we know and speak about in a negative light yeah Mm -hmm. and so in that episode what we did they're white or some that they're white Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so what we did was kind of talk in that episode about man no there there are black theologians and there are people who have contributed to crucial thoughts and ideas and doctrines right that us as christians no one believe in today and so like that's yeah. a, that's an episode for that and, and Abdul you might bring in some more of that but what I want to kind of shed light on uh, speaking of the civil rights movement mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh, when we think of the civil rights movement most of the time people think of the civil rights movement as this social movement Yeah. yes sir you know and not that it's not a social movement but it's not only a social movement, and more than that, it's not primarily not primarily at a all, social yeah. mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. We can place it in a social category, but it primarily belongs, I believe, in a, in a theological category, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so we can tend to think that the, the civil mm-hmm. rights movement and the historical advancement of natural rights, humanity, and dignity of, of black people is, is first social in nature, but we forget that these movements actually began and the pews and the basements of these select churches, you know? So like when, when the construction of these boycotts or the construction of these marches or the construction of these speeches were going on, they weren't happening with like uh, sociology in mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were happening with uh, the Imago Dei. In Amen. mind, mm-hmm. the image, the image of God, right? So you think about Martin Luther King Jr., you think about Fannie Lou Hamer, you think of Ralph Abernathy, right? Mm-hmm. You think of Fred Shuttlesworth, or you think of mm-hmm. uh, James Lawson, Hosea Williams, John mm-hmm. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, it's <laughs> these. These are all civil rights titans. Yes, sir. But when we think about their work and their contribution and what they were doing, it wasn't social mm-hmm. at the forefront. Mm-hmm. But it was theological mm-hmm. at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of kind of, you know, where we are today and we're talking about this racial reconciliation and racial justice movement, uh, you have so many, uh, you know, so many black pastors and ministers mm-hmm. <laughs> who are engaging in this thing, picking up the mantle, you know, mm-hmm. from guys like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Yes, Come on. Say <laughs> all know? the words. Like, don't, like, don't, right. like, don't, words. don't forget, mm-hmm. my man was a Baptist minister. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, picking up from, from the forefathers who already had this thing in the, in the, in the, in the bag, and the unfortunate reality is that um, our majority brother our majority culture brothers and sisters, specifically our majority culture brothers and sisters in the faith, are choosing to drown themselves in the voices of the ones who aren't 
primarily focusing on the theological ideas in nature, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it, 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 it conflates the thing, it conflates the issue, and I think that's the thing that's kind of, you know, uh, prolonging the, the advancement and the movement forward mm-hmm. um, that we could mm-hmm. be having here in the Lord's year of 2022 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond. And so uh, that's what I think, Abdul, do you want to, did you want to add on to that? Do you want to take us somewhere different, man? It's it's your world. No, it's just it's. I'm just visiting. It's your world. Like this, every everything you said, I could say yes and amen. And if y'all heard something in the background, I just threw something across the room. I was, I was feeling everything you were saying for real. I threw something across the room. I promise you, I did. So because that's that's absolutely right. The DNA, mm. the DNA of the civil rights movement came from the church. Yeah. It came. From it was a it was a question of who is my neighbor and mm-hmm. a question of recognizing the Imago Day mm-hmm. in everybody, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I love that you took it there instead of just the random list of facts and figures right. and, mm-hmm. and Googleable right. stuff. Yep, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. because because you know these were these were folks. Um, the thing that comes to mind, fellas, is that. Uh, the story of Joseph and the whole idea of what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yep. Uh-huh. And here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. We have we have an entire civilization of people that kidnapped an entire civilization of people mm-hmm. and used the Bible to do it. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And then when they did it and then wanted to quote Christianize the heathen mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and when they would preach sermons that had us as listeners they would take out the parts of the Bible that have to do with justice and freedom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and provide an actual slave Bible mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. us because they wanted to save our souls right. like save our eternal souls mm-hmm. but keep our physical bodies in bondage mm-hmm. and even in the midst of all of that yeah. The African and the African American and the black faith tradition, like in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. It found Ooh. a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the beautiful part of that is this miracle in our midst that we don't even recognize as a miracle, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we had, so my friend Andres, who co-hosts our podcast, Christian Social Podcast, he once said something about the miracle is that black folks still became Christian. <laughs> you know? Like, when I think about that is, you know, so y'all know, I'm, I'm, I'm raised, I was raised Muslim, and so mm-hmm. I was raised in that, in that, Black nationalists, um, um, you know, black nationalists and black self-determination vein, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, even though my grandfather was a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, my mom's dad was a pastor my, and, and my dad was, you know, he's Mr. Fist up and revolutionary. But the miracle is that the fruit of what the Western church has done. Yeah. If you just look at the fruit. Mm-hmm. You really only land on one on, on, on one conclusion, and that is that Christianity is the religion of white folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, I mean, look at the tree and its fruit, mm-hmm. right? The, the the fruit that has been produced by the Western Church is one of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, and there's yep. no way around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
However, that is not the theology that comes out of the pages of Scripture. That's right. 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 And so, and so, the, the the miracle is that folks a made it illegal for us to read, mm-hmm. and then b gave us these folktale stories of the Bible so that we could become saved mm-hmm. and then we learn how to read anyway mm-hmm. and we read the actual <laughs> book <laughs> and we're like hold up wait a minute hey this is a different <laughs> story right yep. right right, yep. right. Yep. and yep. so and so the miracle mm-hmm. quite frankly the miracle and this and this is I think and this is a bit of a tangent but this is I think what's par- partially in the in the psyche of I'm going to call it the collective such as it is right these are all shorthand terms the, the collective white mind mm-hmm. Part of what's in the psyche for so many people who become to be called white is the fear of black retribution for the heinous things that have been done to us. Yep. <laughs> yep. Let's keep it 100% yep. funky. Yep. You know? Yep. The great miracle is that mm-hmm. we're not trying to go commit genocide on everybody mm-hmm. like, like, like what's done to us. Mm-hmm. It's not what we're trying mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. We want to be left, not left alone, but, but we want to be equal mm-hmm. part of the society. Mm-hmm. We want to be recognized as fully human and fully mm-hmm. imago Dei. Right. Right? So mm-hmm. the great miracle is that our folks grabbed the Bible, understood the scriptures, and these theological, I'm going to call them theological giants, yeah. like Reverend Jim Lawson mm-hmm. and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. and Fred Shuttlesworth mm-hmm. and Ralph Abernathy mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and all those folks, mm-hmm. you know, even up to folks like James Cone mm-hmm. and and Howard Thurman, yep. mm-hmm. you know, yep. even those folks, those folks see the beautiful pages of the scriptures. Yeah. That also, by the way, when they looked at some of the for, uh, the forefathers, that was interpreted to them by ancient Africans, mm-hmm. like Origen and Athanasius and those guys, mm-hmm. and they saw wait. We can approach this thing that we're doing called the civil rights movement from a perspective of love and respect and humanity, even in the midst of phenomenal and profound sorrow. Yeah. 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 You know, and so and so the the nonviolent direct action Mm -hmm. and the nonviolent passive resistance Mm -hmm. of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and the NAACP and those folks and even SNCC in the early days came from, I'm going to call it directly from the very heart of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll stop there. Yeah. 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 And what's, what's amazing that you, what you said is that when you, when you brought in Africa, you know, I immediately start, you know, I start cracking up because I thought about, well, I thought, think about some original theologians. And so I had to go back and just think back through the scriptures when Mm -hmm. Jesus said, if, if, if you want to be my disciple, you must first deny yourself, mm-hmm. pick up your cross, mm-hmm. and follow me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, during the crucifixion, <laughs> Jesus is carrying his cross. Mm. And so, depends on, it depends on what uh, gospel you read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jesus is carrying his cross. The Roman soldiers are just beating on him. Mm-hmm. And here comes Simon from Cyrene. Mm. Now I'm not a uh, geographer, geographer like, <laughs> not, but guess we're Cyrene. Cyrene. Guess we're Cyrene. Cyrene. <laughs> from, from Africa, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the amazing part Think about Muammar it, Gaddafi, right? <laughs> so, so the amazing part about it, uh, this brother is just going to the temple to worship, mm. right? And, right? And it was like just passing by. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about 
getting involved or being actually snatched. You know, they see him, the Roman soldier sees him mm-hmm. and snatches him in mm-hmm. and says, hey, you come, pretty much you come and pick this cross up and carry it for Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Simon continues to carry the cross. And I remember the first time when I read it, it was hard for me to just glaze over that mm-hmm. particular version, right? And not compare it to the civil rights movement. Wow. Amen. Because when you think about it in terms of, you know, you, you tend to go through this mental uh, mental uh, gymnastics of if you were there <laughs> type yep. of thing. Yep. Yep. And yep. we do it even when we read civil rights movie, right? Yep. And yep. As, a, as a matter of fact, uh, Dr. King had to deal with some brothers during that time in terms of the importance of nonviolence. Mm-hmm. In this retaliation But you know When you think about What Simon did To get snatched Into something that Did not even involve him Right And you have to ask Okay what Religion Was Simon a part of Right Jesus is Hasn't been Nailed to the cross yet Right, right. So what, what type of religion Was he involved in Right Right mm-hmm. And so But somehow he got drawn Into Come on this thing that was happening to Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when I think about the civil rights movement and when I think about black people and their involvement, when I think about the original theologian, there was a, a theology to what Simon did. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. To, 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 to not really be involved. I'm just trying to live my life like everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in Mago Day like everyone mm-hmm. else, right? And you get mm-hmm. snatched into something mm-hmm. that's not even really yours and to carry a cross and hand it back over to Jesus to finish his work. <laughs> wow. And so when you think uh. of when you think about what these great civil rights juggernauts have done in terms of his relationship to the movement of God, mm-hmm. that it wasn't a social movement mm-hmm. that happened way before the civil rights movement. And so these theo- theo- theologians like Simon, mm-hmm. <laughs> some reason, when you think about carrying a cross daily, wow. what they did for us in terms of like what this means in terms of our impact mm. um, with the church. And so you have two different narratives going. So you had the one message of the slave master mm-hmm. and then you had the theologians gathering down in an invisible church right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was getting the word like no you know slaves obey your master and so they was getting this this message of let my people go yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. two yeah. different churches going on at yeah. one time right? yeah. and so when you think about the theologians and what it means to black people to be able to interpret and to be able to live out what God uh, intended for black people to be involved in this life. It, mm-hmm. I, I'm just amazed by the contributions of theologians in the past. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, amen. we'll wrap it up there, man. That was rich. I got to give a plug. Give I got to give a plug. Give a plug, man. On our Christian Soldier podcast, mm-hmm. we do. We, we did an episode called Christian Soldiers, mm-hmm. and we have this conversation, a, a version, a different version of this conversation. Yep. So, and we talk about some some of those civil rights people. So, yep. listeners, go to our Christian Soldier website or our Christian Soldier uh, podcast, and season one, Christian Soldiers talks about some of this stuff too, with the John Lewis and 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 some of those folks. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Another rich conversation. Yes, sir. Uh, this is number three. Uh, we got one more coming out next week. Okay. Uh, and I'm looking, I'm expecting us to get after that one too, man. So yes, really, really appreciate y'all and, and joining me in this. If you have questions about anything we cover on the show, if you have topics you want us to discuss, or you just want to reach out, become a member of our community on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Christian Soldier, or email us at hello at Christian Thanks again for listening. For Andres and Justine, I'm Abdullah. And until next time, 
keep the faith. Peace. The Christian Soldier Podcast is brought to you by the Christian Soldier Collective, a Jesus-centered community dedicated to the pursuit of unity, cultural and ethnic conciliation, and social justice within the church. The theme song is The Ace by Ballpoint. The Christian Soldier Podcast is a production of the Christian Soldier Collective and Monarch Training and Development.